Welcome to episode 14 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Michelle Muscali, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine. And I'm Kristen Harm, Associate Editor of Farm Exec Magazine. Pharmaceutical Executive Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. Kristen, what are we talking about on this episode? We're speaking with Nancy Thornberry today, the CEO of Calais Bay. One of the things that makes Nancy really interesting is that she had a long career in big pharma, and now she's the CEO of a New York City-based biotech. She's also actually on the cover of our August issue, and during the podcast, she talks about the biotech scene in New York and the city's quest to become a major biotech player. We'll have Nancy back with us after this quick break. So we know you've been keeping up with our podcast episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, among other apps. But did you know we also have a pretty cool social media presence? Our social media expert, Lisa Higgins, keeps our readers and listeners up to date on latest articles, podcast episodes, and industry trends. We'd love to interact with you and hear what you have to say about our podcast, article content, and magazine through our Twitter at FarmExec, our YouTube channel at FarmExec, and our Instagram at FarmExecutive. And then, of course, you can always find us at farmexec.com. Hello, FarmExec podcasters. Today, we're happy to introduce to you our guest, Nancy Thornberry, the CEO of Calliope. Welcome to the podcast, Nancy. Thank you very much. Could you briefly tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your company? Sure. Uh, so Calliope is a New York City-based biotech, and we're focused on the identification of new therapeutics that involve the gut-brain axis. Um, the gut-brain axis is the bidirectional communication uh, between the gut and the brain, and it is known to be involved in a wide range of physiology and disease in the areas of metabolism, immunology, gastrointestinal control, and central nervous system function. So at Calliope, we're using a number of very sophisticated technologies to map the circuitry between the gut and the brain and then target this circuitry with small molecule therapeutics. So I joined the company at the launch, which was in November of 2015, um, having previously spent more than 30 years at Merck. Uh, where my most recent role was the franchise head for diabetes and endocrinology in the research division. Great. Thank you. Um, to give our readers a little bit of background, I met Nancy while touring the Alexandria Center in New York City. And after talking with her for a few minutes and hearing her story, I just knew we had to have you on the podcast because <laughs> your story is so encompassing of so much of what our editors have been hearing and writing about lately. So, Nancy, as you mentioned, you had a very long and successful career in what we are going to call Big Pharma. Um, and I remember you telling me the CEO of a biotech startup is pretty much the last place you actually thought you would be. So tell us how you ended up where you did and where you are now. Um, beyond the science of the company, but as a business leader in the industry, why was this such a good personal choice for you? Uh, sure. So when I was at Merck, I was very lucky to have the opportunity to start the program that resulted in the discovery of Genuvia, which is a very successful drug for the treatment of type 2 diabetes. 
And I was involved in that program from the inception of the program through life cycle management, which is a really rare experience in the pharmaceutical industry. So for after I was there more than 30 years, I felt it was really time to move on and do something new, and I was very interested in learning uh, more about biotech. However, as you said, I wasn't interested in an operational role. So instead, I joined a couple of boards and did some advisory work for some companies I was really excited about. But that all changed when I learned about this opportunity at Calliope about a year and a half after I left Merck. It was just so exciting to me on every level, the subject matter, the people involved, the location, and what I felt was a really great opportunity to have an impact on human health. So I decided to sign on as CEO, and it really has turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. I'm working with incredibly talented scientists in a, in a new, exciting area, biologists using a number of novel technologies, and we're working to improve human health. So it really doesn't get better than that. And I'm just very excited uh, to be here and that I made the decision to come. What are some of the biggest challenges that face a CEO when taking science out of the academic world and into the biotech world to commercialize it? Yeah, so early stage drug discovery is really hard. And as with many academic spin-outs, as I mentioned, we're working in a new area of biology using a number of new technologies. So in a small biotech like Calliope, it's very important to focus but also pursue a number of opportunities to increase our likelihood of success. So in general, I think in both biotech and pharma, I think humility is a very important characteristic of a good leader. And to solve big problems requires tapping into a broad array of expertise. Uh, so I'm a huge believer in doing what um, one can to fully leverage the talent in both Calliope and externally to move our company forward. And what I have found in addressing um, challenges as a CEO is that it's just very helpful to ask for help and advice when you need it. So one of the topics I talked uh, with you about from my article was how New York City is trying to make a name for itself as a prominent biotech city, which we all know is not an easy thing to do. The science from your company started at Columbia University right in New York City, and when you decided to take it or when they decided to take it out of the lab, what made you decide to stay, keep the company in New York and not Boston or California? So the decision to put Calliope in New York City was actually made before I joined, but I'm really glad that scientists and investors involved decided to put the company here. The main driver of the decision uh, was to have the company close to the founders. And this has actually turned out to be very important in our ability to leverage really their uh, talent and expertise uh, to advance the company. We feel like that's a real edge for us. And likewise, having the ability to meet and tap into the expertise in New York City more broadly at the outstanding academic and translational centers here has been uh, very important for us. So how have you seen the New York biotech landscape evolve so far? And as a CEO, how does the location play a part in your business, you know, such as recruiting and retaining employees and then having access to capital? Right. So there's definitely good momentum in growing biotech in New York City, and this is what I've seen over the past almost three years while I've been involved in Calliope. 
beyond having the access to our founders and other academic talent here, uh, New York City has proven to be a really outstanding place from which to recruit. And I think it's a real edge uh, for New York City relative to Boston and San Francisco. There's an untapped pool of talent from the local academic centers, and New York City is a great draw for talent in general. We have recruited um, a number of very uh, strong scientists broadly from the U.S. and also from Europe, as well as from the local New York City academic institutions. And the bottom line is there's just a number of people who want to live and work in New York City. We're also right next to the New Jersey Pharma Corridor, so we can tap into those individuals who have deep expertise in drug discovery and who are interested in making the transition from pharma to biotech. And then uh, to your comment about capital, there are a number of venture firms and also non-traditional sources of funding who are either based here in New York or have offices here. And what we're seeing is that the venture firms uh, seem increasingly interested in being part of this emerging New York City biotech scene. So Calliope has grown really quickly. And for anybody who's ever been to New York or knows anything about New York City, space is a huge issue. So what's your experience with this? Yeah, so you're right. We actually started in November of 2015 with seven employees, and we are now, I think, 49. So we have grown quickly in just, you know, a little over two and a half years. And it is true that space has historically been an issue in New York, but I think it's clear that the state and local governments are committed to building the life sciences in New York City and are working to solve this problem. It's been our experience that a number of real estate developers are also working really hard to identify incubator and grow space. And I think pharma companies will also increasingly step up to solve the problem, a very nice example being the recent opening of J-Labs from Johnson & Johnson Innovation. At Calliope, we're very lucky to be in uh, premier lab space in the Alexandria Center on 29th and 1st, which we found to be a terrific environment for doing research. And the Alexandria Center has also proven to be a great partner in anticipating our growth needs and working with us to grow the company. We've already bumped out our space once and are planning to bump out a little bit more in uh, the next several months. So I anticipate going forward that space will not be as much of an issue in uh, building biotech in New York City. That's really great to hear. So speaking of going forward, that leads into our next question perfectly. Uh, Ten years from now, we're sitting here having the same conversation about the New York biotech scene. What do you think that discussion will look like? How far have we come? Well, I think more generally that because of the recent advances in science and technology, that there's really never been a better time to be in biotech. And I think there will be continue to be a large investment in building biotech in New York City and beyond. As I mentioned, the access to talent and capital are here. So what really remains is for entrepreneurs and investors to continue to work with academic investigators and the tech transfer offices to identify the best opportunities for translation. So uh, with the talent that we have here, the access to capital and the space, I'm very optimistic that in 10 years, New York City will be considered a major hub for innovation for life sciences. 
With your experience in both biotech and pharma, what are some of the most important things that you've learned about innovation and drug discovery, and how does it or maybe it doesn't differ between pharma and biotech? So first, I think it's important to note that to, to really address the challenges in human health and to develop truly transformational new medicines requires a very close collaboration between academia, biotech, and pharma. However, in the innovation space, having worked in both biotech and pharma, I have become convinced that biotech is more amenable, a really more optimal environment for early-stage drug discovery. So, for example, at Calliope, there's near constant communication between um, our platform scientists, our drug discovery biologists, our chemists, and we're able to be very nimble and move quickly to where the science takes us. Um, and this is really often difficult to achieve in a large pharma environment uh, where there's generally more focus on the pipeline. So, uh, you know, I predict and anticipate that uh, pharma will continue or even accelerate the trend of partnering with biotech companies to fuel their pipeline. That's some great insight into that subject because we're always talking about that. So um, I hope our listeners enjoy that. As we wrap up, um, I want to talk quickly about leadership. A few months back, you were on a panel at a New York Bio event I attended, and I remember you talking about working with a leadership coach and how much it made a difference in the team and encouraged everyone to work with work with one. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that and why you encourage everyone to work with one? So outstanding collaboration is a critical element of any successful drug discovery effort, whether it be in pharma or in biotech. So it's really important to build a team mindset very quickly in a startup. At Calliope, as with many other uh, young biotechs, we have a number of scientists who have come from academia or elsewhere but have never led a team, never been a manager, or never had the experience of working in a really intense team environment. So luckily, I was able to find a, a really outstanding coach who has been a great partner to me in building what I think is a highly functional team. So I would encourage others who are starting biotech in general to engage coaches to help to build the best team they can. Thank you, Nancy, for taking the time out today to speak with us. Uh, we are grateful for your insights into both pharma and biotech worlds. We really appreciate having you on today. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. And now it's time for this week's leadership tip from Pharma Execs. My name is Nancy Thornberry, and I am CEO of Calliope, and my best leadership tip is to hire the most talented people you can find and then let them run and fully leverage the talent around you uh, to advance your company. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmExec staff is working on. Remember that you can always find us on the web at PharmExec.com, on Twitter at PharmExec, or on Instagram at PharmExecutive, and on YouTube. 
The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of FarmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director lisa.henderson at ubm.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at todd.baker at ubm.com.